Today we're going to learn how to live like Jesus when people don't treat us the way that they should. You know, God asks us as people who love Jesus to love others, even those who don't treat us right. We're going to see today that love doesn't run from other people. But love doesn't necessarily try to fix other people either. We love people who cross the line by being full of grace, by helping bear each other's burdens, in other words, but also by being full of truth and confronting and explaining the consequences for bad behaviors. Jesus is our perfect example. Jesus was one who did both of these well as he drew the line with difficult people. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Now, kids, I want to encourage you to feel free to work on your activity sheets. Hopefully you received one as you came in this morning. If not, you can grab one from the back of the room. While us grown-ups turn to Galatians chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles with you, and kids, you can join me too. Feel free to turn to Galatians chapter 6 with me this morning. And as you're turning there, if you didn't happen to bring your... Uh, your Bible with you, you can uh, pull out your smartphone, go to gracetucson.org slash Bible, and you can follow along there. By the way, th- this week in your online sermon notes, I've included a free 15-day devotional plan that's related to this series we're going through called Life Journey. You can start that series today or sometime this week if you want, and feel free to follow along with us in that. But as you're turning there this morning, I want to ask you a question, and this is a really important question in my mind. It's a question that I want you to answer for yourself because if you answer this question for yourself, I think you will get a lot more out of this time we have together this morning. And that question is, who are the most difficult people in your life? Now, don't look at them if they're here. Hopefully they're not. I would expect that they're not, not in this crowd. But who are those people that you would say are the most difficult people to stay in healthy relationships with? Who are those people? Maybe, maybe it's someone that you tend to run from. Or maybe it's someone you tend to react badly to when they're around. And so you just try to avoid them at all costs. Or maybe it's someone that you love and they're in trouble, it seems like, all the time. And they expect you to step in and rescue them. They create trouble for themselves and they think that everyone else is the problem. Maybe... Maybe it's an addiction that they have in their lives and they have trouble with it and they keep losing things. They keep losing jobs and relationships. Or maybe with that person that you're thinking about, it's, it's really anger. And they keep burning bridges behind themselves and they want you to be the one that goes behind them and cleans up the mess. Maybe it's just that that person is really bad with money and they want you to be the one that keeps bailing them out. So often, I find in our lives, we tend to either run or to rescue those difficult people in our lives. Those people who tend to cross the line over and over again. And the Bible teaches us a better way. Better than running, better than rescuing. And we find it in Galatians chapter 6. Now, I want to share with you this morning as I start to go into the Word. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version this morning. There is a, uh, there's, a, there's a problem point for me, at least, in the New Living Translation, which is the one I typically use. So I'm going to be reading from the ESV, but feel free to follow along in whatever translation you have. But we're going to look at Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5. And listen carefully to these words this morning and see what you can pick up from them as we dig through them. 
It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But then it says in verse 4, Let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Now, verses 4 and 5 really address what we talked about last week as we were starting this series. And that's about taking responsibility for ourselves, right? For our own thoughts, our own behaviors, our own actions. First, before we try to deal with someone else, that we deal with our own stuff, right? That's how what we focused on last week. In fact, we look back at one particular verse in the book of Matthew where Jesus said, before you try to help anybody else, help yourself. In fact, remember what Jesus said? He said, you take the log out of your own eye before you try to take out the speck in someone else's. Now, on the surface, Galatians 6, that, that, those verses we just read, they might seem like a really nice, easy way to love others. But be careful, <laughs> because it's not nearly as easy as it might seem. This is, Galatians 6, this is tough. And sometimes, I have to be honest with you, sometimes love has to be tough. You know what I'm talking about? This morning, I want to look at these five verses, and I want us to see that there are two things here that the writer of Galatians is trying to point out to us about what love does, what tough love does. And the first one is this, love confronts when appropriate rather than running. Love confronts when appropriate rather than running. I mean, in verse 1, it says, when someone we know that go, is going off the rails and they're hurting themselves or they're hurting others, we are called to confront. Now, how do we confront? What does it say here in verse 1? It says we're to confront with a spirit of gentleness, right? We're not to, to pound someone down on the ground when we're confronting them, but we're to do so with a spirit of gentleness. We're to do so with a spirit of humility, recognizing that it can be our, we, we could be in that very same position ourselves if we're not careful that they're in. Now, as I said earlier, it said in the, in, in the Gospels that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And this is the truth part of Galatians. You know, it is so easy. It is so easy to run, isn't it? To, to see someone this this being self-destructive or is hurting other people and it's so easy to just lift up our hands and say you know what this is none of my business right this is their deal this is this isn't my problem this isn't my business but what paul reminds us in galatians chapter 6 is that love doesn't run love confronts love explains the consequences of continued bad behaviors now, one of the reasons why I read to you out of the ESV, rather than the New Living Translation, which I love that, that New Living Translation almost all the time, but there's a place in this particular passage in the New Living which I think is a little bit off. You see, it says in the New Living Translation, it, it actually narrows the interpretation down to says, you know, that this passage is applying to other believers 
to fellow Christians. But if you look at this passage in the original language, and if you look at pretty much any other English translation, you will find that that is not there. Now, there's another place that talks about confrontation in the New Testament. It's Matthew 18. And in Matthew 18, it talks about how to confront other believers specifically. But this isn't here in Galatians 6. Let me just say this morning, we don't expect people to live like Christians when they're not, right? That, that's not appropriate. But when people are doing things that hurt themselves or hurt others, we need to be courageous enough to confront, whether they're Christians or not. We need to tell each other the truth because we all, I mean, let's be honest, we all have blind spots, don't we? We're all different, and we'd be naive to think that we don't all have them. So, how do we confront? Well, there's a whole sermon in that one, and I'm not going to get into that this morning in detail. But what I did do this morning is, in your program, I actually gave you a little insert that's called How to Confront in Love. And I want to encourage you this morning, take this thing out and just stick it in your Bible somewhere. I would hope that this is something that you would save that you would hang on to because maybe you're in a place right now where life's fairly good and you don't have any difficult people in your life to deal with. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe you just need to hang on to this for a few weeks or a few months until you do. But what I did was I tried to boil down Scripture as best I could and give you something practical because before you go into that situation where you want to run, where you just want to avoid the person, but you know that you need to confront how to do so in a way that honors God. And so I share some things in, in here with you like how to humbly take ownership of your part and how to listen for their hurt and consider their perspective and how to focus on the problem and not blame. Some really good stuff here I hope that you will be able to take advantage of in the future. There's biblical references all the way throughout. Yeah, as I share that with you, I, you know, an example that I could share with you from my own life is that <clears throat> some of you know this. My wife Teresa and I, we raised a foster daughter before we moved here. It was hard work. I mean, we, 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 it's hard work to raise a teenage daughter, if you haven't tried it, by the way. But to take one in who you, you take into your home at the age of 16 with all sorts of baggage from her, from her prior life and her, the places that she was living, I mean, oh, there were times when we had to confront, and it was ugly. There were times when we had to draw boundaries, and that even meant sending her away from home for a little while to be able to get the help that she needed and to draw those boundaries for the rest of us as a family. It's really hard stuff to do. In those moments, my wife and I, we would look at each other sometimes and everything in us just wanted to run, to just run away from this whole situation, to turn it back, turn back time. And we had to keep reminding ourselves over and over again about the past that she had experienced and the things that she had to deal with and just had to keep reminding ourselves that love doesn't run. Love doesn't ditch when things get difficult. Eventually, Maria accepted Christ as her Savior. And now she is doing well. In fact, last fall in, in, uh, in the valley, she got married to this young man, great uh, young guy. They now live in North Dakota. God's working in her life in some phenomenal ways. But there was a time when Teresa and I, we wanted to run. <laughs> and you know what? 
I get it. I mean, for each one of us, there are times when we're dealing with difficult people. There are times when we're dealing with people who rub us the wrong way, who say and do inappropriate things. And it is so easy to run, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy to avoid confrontation, but love confronts. Love gets into the mess and walks with people, even when it's difficult. So love confronts. But the second thing that I want to show you from this passage this morning in Galatians 6 is also that love doesn't rescue, but love bears each other's burdens. So love doesn't run, but love also doesn't rescue. Let's look back at verses 2 and 5 specifically again. I'm going to read 2 and 5 side by side. Notice what verse 2 says. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But then it says in verse 5, for each one of us will have to bear his own load. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw these first two verses, when I was reading through this, I, got, I, got, I misunderstood them. Honestly, I got a little bit frustrated in my own mind because I, as I was reading this, you know what I was saying to God? I was saying, okay, God, so I'm supposed to, to carry my own load, verse 5, but I'm also supposed to carry everybody else's load in verse 2? And that's overwhelming, God. I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed if I've got to carry my own load and everybody else's load every single day. And then I look real carefully at those at two key words, in each of the, one, of the, one key word in each of those verses. And I saw something pretty amazing. I want to show this to you. Notice in verse 2 it says, bear one another's burdens. That word burdens in the Greek is a word called baros. Which means a heavy weight. And it, particularly a heavy weight that carries personal and eternal significance. In other words, this word baros, that's where the word barometer comes from. Which measures the weight or the pressure in the air. Baros, though, typically has been a word that was used more about situations rather than objects. In other words, Baros is talking about the crises. The major crossroads in a person's life that are so big, that are so heavy, that are so weighty, that they're really hard to carry on your own. Can you think of one of those that you've had in your own life? A burden that just seemed impossible for you to carry? Maybe it was something like a a marital separation or a divorce. Or it was that time when your child became seriously ill. Or you you, you had a loved one who was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Or someone who died that you loved and they died unexpectedly. In those moments, there's this heavy burden that we're carrying, right? That's, that's a baros. Now compare that in, to that word in verse 5, which says each one should carry his own load. Now, those are two different words, burden and load. The word load here in Greek is this word phorion, which means a personal weight, a personal weight, an obligation or responsibility that is not transferable. Think about this for a minute. Jesus, in fact, I'll give you an example. There was a time in Jesus' life when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he said that, when he was talking about that yoke, he was using the word on here. A personal obligation or responsibility. And here's the deal. A personal weight or a personal burden or obligation, you can't pass off to someone else. 
Each person has to carry that themselves. In other words, I can't come to you this week and say, you know what? This yoke that I'm carrying, this following Jesus thing, it's getting really hard for me. This week, you know, I think, would you mind if I just give you my load? If I just allow you to carry this Jesus thing for me this week while I do something else? I mean, you can't do that, can you? When someone is unhealthy, it's kind of applying the same way. When someone is unhealthy and they're not behaving as they should, they may try to pass off their daily challenges or obligations to you or to someone else. But they can't. And here's the deal. They shouldn't. It may be an addiction that they now have. Or, and, and they're trying to pass that load off to you or to someone else. But we shouldn't try to carry that responsibility for them. It might be financial problems. And they're spending way more money each week than they're bringing in. And you might help sometimes in those situations. But that responsibility, that's for them to carry, not you. You know what? It's my job and it's your job to help carry the big burdens in people's lives that people encounter when they're just, when they're just crushing. When the weight of life just kind of hits us and circumstances are happening that are way beyond our control Those are the baroses in life that we should all help each other carry. But we are living life poorly when we start to carry each other's loads. When we try to fix someone else's emotions or their financial problems. When we try to take responsibility to help someone become clean and sober. Or when we try to fix someone's bad attitude. I mean, have any of you ever tried to make a miserable person happy? Have you ever tried that? What happens? You both become unhappy, right? I mean, it doesn't work. If you try to take on someone else's personal load, if you try to take on their 40 on, you're usually becoming codependent is what you're doing. You're rescuing. And God never intended you to be anyone else's savior. That's God's job. And even in those circumstances, each person has to bear the burden of making that decision to follow God on their own. God designed every one of us to be in relationship and hold two elements in balance. Grace and truth. We love people who cross the line in our lives and they hurt others. When we're gracious enough to help bear their burdens... And when we love them enough to tell them the truth. Confronting and drawing boundaries around bad behaviors. You know, I heard a story once about a man whose daughter met the guy of her dreams. And she just knew that he was the one. He was the one that she was to marry. And the dad was like, you know what? You haven't even introduced this guy to me. I don't know what this guy is like. You want to marry him? And so the daughter's like, you know what? Okay, Dad, I'll bring him by tomorrow. I'll have him meet you. I'll bring him by the house. You can ask him whatever questions you want, and you can see how wonderful he is. So the next day, Chad shows up at the door. Chad knocks on the door, and Dad answers. And he says, hi, my name is Chad, and I'd like to marry your daughter. Not the best way to introduce yourself, by the way. And the dad's like, okay, hang on, son. I want to make sure. Why don't you sit down? Why don't we have a conversation here? I want to make sure before you consider marrying my daughter, I have a few questions I want you to answer just to make sure that you're a right fit for, for her and for my family. 
And the first question I have for you, this is a really important question, he said, is, what do you do? I mean, do you have a job? I mean, he said, the dad said, I want to make sure that the person who marries my daughter has a career, has direction in life. And Chad looks at dad and says, well, you know, not really. I don't, I don't work or have a career. I don't, I don't really feel like that's necessary. But God will provide. Have you ever heard someone play the God card, by the way? I mean, what do you say in those moments? It means either they're really, really spiritual and you shouldn't touch them, or they need to be locked up, right? So the dad just gives this young guy the benefit of the doubt. He's like, okay, let me just ask you a different question. Second question. He says, and this is important also. He says, do you have any assets, Chad? I mean, I want to make sure that the person my daughter marries has some foundation to make sure that my daughter, I want to make sure that my daughter is safe and she's provided for. So do you have any money in the bank? Do you have any stocks, any real estate? What do you have? Chad looks at the dad and says, no, I don't have anything like that really. I don't know that I really need any of that stuff, but... God will provide. Now, dad's sweating bullets. So he says, okay, son, I have one last question for you. What are your dreams? I mean, do you have any goals in life? Do you have any ambitions? I mean, I want to make sure that that my daughter marries someone who is going somewhere in life. Do you have any plans, any goals, any ambitions, anything? That you can offer me. And Chad scratches his head and says, you know, goals? Mm, no, no, I, I don't think I need any of those, but guess what? God will, yeah, God will provide. You got it. So by this point, Chad leaves and dad is traumatized. He's like, what am I going to do about this situation with my daughter? And by that point, you know, mom, the, his wife comes home from work and she's like, so did you, what did you think about Chad? Is he marriage material? And the dad you know, looks at, he looks at his wife and says, you know what? I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. And she says, okay, let me have the bad news first. And he says, honey, there's lots of bad news here. I mean, the guy has no job, no career goals, no plans for the future, and he's flat broke. And she's like, well, man, are you kidding me? So what could the good news possibly be? And the husband says, well, the kid thinks I'm God. (laughs) And you know what? There's some truth in that. Some people in our lives, they think we're God. They expect us to solve all their problems, to provide for them and their low work ethic, to manage the fallout of their temper when they blow up around other people. People who think that we're responsible for them, whether emotionally or financially or some other way. But listen, we can't love people we allow to treat us in any of those ways. When people cross the line in our lives, we love them in two ways. By being full of grace and full of truth. We bear their burdens, not their loads. That's grace. And we tell them the truth. Rather than just walking away and saying it's none of my business. 
By the way, I encourage you, don't miss next week as we continue in this series. Next week, we're going to look at a totally messed up, dysfunctional family in the Bible. And we're going to see the story of two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and how boundaries were set in that relationship. So don't miss next week as we talk about how to set healthy boundaries in relationships. You know, we'll always deal with difficult people in our lives. We will. But it's up to us to decide how we let them affect us, how we let them stress us, how we let them change us. This morning, I want to ask you today, who are those difficult people in your life? And what is God asking you to do to take a next step of love toward them? How can you show grace and truth to them in those situations? How can those people in your life that you would just assume run away from or react to, how can instead you love them? How can you bear their burdens without carrying their loads? And how can you confront them in love? This is a question I think it might take some of us a few days to answer. But I want to encourage you to press into that and to ask God as you think through those people in your life, God, what are you asking of me? Not what are you asking of them, but what are you asking of me? Would you pray with me? Lord, some of the most difficult things we deal with in life are relationships. <laughs> they can be some of the most rewarding things in our lives, but they can also be some of the most challenging. Lord, so often when we're in relationships with others, particularly people who are difficult or who are going through really difficult seasons of their lives, Lord, we tend to just want to run or to jump in and try to rescue, try to fix them, fix them somehow. God, forgive us for those moments when we try to do either of those things. God, help us as we remind ourselves what Galatians 6 says. Help us, Lord, to figure out how to love people well, people who are difficult. God, I pray for each person in this room, as, Lord, as they are thinking about those relationships even now that they're struggling with. God, I pray that you would give us the grace to be able to walk through those relationships well. And Lord, as we take just a moment or so here in silence to just be with you and to think on what we've talked about today, Lord, would you help us to figure out what those next steps might be? In Jesus' name, amen.